Hello everyone and welcome back to the Souls Conquest in conversation with this is season 4 I'm Madhurima Sopati and this season is going to be lit I have some amazing guests coaches conquerors entrepreneurs from all around the world who are super excited to share with you their stories who are excited to share with you how they started what obstacles they faced how they overcame it some amazing topics that they are experts at all in hopes to inspire you and to let you know that you're not alone on this journey i hope that today's episode has an amazing impact on you and i'm super excited to get started so let's go baby woohoo hello everyone and welcome back to the souls conquest we have andrew dobby uh we had a conversation he is the ceo of made brave but i'll let him tell you more about his journey and all of that stuff but i wanted to welcome you so much for being here and sharing your journey with us i appreciate that so much especially when you know people need to hear stories people need to know that they are not alone in this world they are not going through it all alone and having to figure it all alone there are people like you who just by sharing the stories inspire them to just go out there and keep at it right so i am genuinely appreciative of you and i am in deep gratitude that you decided to come here today to share your story with us great well thanks for having me thanks i'm pleased to be here woohoo <laughs> <laughs> amazing so andrew for those of us who's listening to you for the first time or who are seeing you for the very first time go ahead and give us a little bit of introduction about who you are Yeah so I'm I'm the founder and CEO of a strategic branding agency um called Made Brave so I'm based here in Scotland in the United Kingdom so I have an office in Glasgow where I'm sitting just now although I am in my home office today um but I have offices in Glasgow London and in Edinburgh so nice. kind of west and east coast of Scotland and the capital of London uh, capital wow. of England sorry London Wow yeah. that's wonderful ooh I love that. I've always wanted to visit Edinburgh but uh getting off topic here. <laughs> but I have always wanted to visit it because it feels like such a lovely place. And um is it true that United Kingdom especially London for the most part of it is always shrouded and it's always in like a rainy vibe of it all? Is is that something that's true or is it just like you know random we we we'll, we talk about the weather lots in the united <laughs> kingdom because we we tend to get four seasons in one day specifically in scotland um yeah. you know i think this morning when i got up it was sunny it's now a little bit overcast i'll probably have some snow in this afternoon um <laughs> we'll probably not i'm going to just little but you know we the, the weather changes quite a lot um oh, but yeah. we're 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 coming into summer just now so That's it's nice. much warmer we're all in t-shirts and yeah um it's about 20 20ish degrees much warmer in london so if you're down yeah. in london you get much better weather down there than you do in scotland mm. but we have very good rain which makes for very good water <laughs> i love that <laughs> so would you say that talking about weather is not necessarily small talk um when it comes to the united kingdom because it's like a proper lengthy conversation of oh my god it was sunny today now it's raining and now we might expect snow in the evening so yeah i, th- yeah. I think we have about a thousand ways to describe rain in scotland so <laughs> a thousand different ways to do it. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um so yeah, I wanted to know this. I know the story about how you started Made Brave. Um mm-hmm. but I would love for you to just go into it and tell us how this company actually came into being and yeah, just tell us like I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners. So you go ahead. The stage is yours. Sure. How did you come to create Made Brave and why was the company named Made Brave? Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, I'm I've always been a creative person. Um so as a child, uh, I grew up in a little village um in Scotland called Bigger. Um and um my mum uh, had a single parent, my mum and she was uh, she always kind of she spotted um, I was creative. Um I was actually adopted at birth, so I, I suppose there's the whole nature and nurture thing whether you get creativity from your parents or not but I was yeah. I was adopted at birth and but my mum my, my adopted mum Maureen um spotted creativity in me and she always nurtured that so from as early as I can remember I was always doing coloring in competitions and winning you know winning prizes as a child mm-hmm. and so by the time I got to high school I realized you know creativity in some form was what I was I wanted to do um I think it's always very hard isn't it trying to figure out what you want to be when you're older mm-hmm. um but you know I I realized either music or art creativity and so I played in bands when I was younger played guitar and always drew 
And um, by the time I left school, I went and studied multimedia systems. So this was back probably 1999 when mm-hmm. the internet was sort of figuring out what it was. Um, you know, I, I did a course um, we did a little bit of everything. You little did a bit of web design, web development. You were doing like flash animation and director and all these things back there. Yeah. Um, you did a little bit of photography, did a little bit of videography. And I suppose you're trying to find out where where your happy place was. And um, I very quickly realized there was not a web developer and um, there's much more skilled people that, <laughs> that, can, that can read and write code. And um, so I started focusing more on the sort of creative side. I self-taught photography um, and when I left university, so in, which was in Glasgow, um, which is um, the sort of main city in Scotland, uh, apart from Edinburgh, it's the sort of biggest city. Um, I, 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 I left and I got a job um, as a graphic designer. So I'm a creative, obviously, at heart. And I worked in a small studio, worked for the ex-Scotland football or soccer captain. Oh, he had just wow. finished playing football and he's a guy called Paul McStay and I, I got a job working for him. Um, it was, he just, he just started his own company and um, I joined there um, and that company grew to probably no more than sort of seven or eight people. Um, and I stayed there for about eight years, self-taught design, self-taught photography. And mm-hmm. I suppose this was even pre YouTube being as big as it was now. So it's much hard, harder to teach yourself those things. I'm, I'm very envious of um, kids <laughs> now because literally anything you want to learn now, you can go into YouTube. But back then you had to read actual books and try and figure out, you know, photography <laughs> yeah. exposure by reading, which is really actually quite challenging, but it's much easier if someone um, talks you through it. Um, so I stayed there for eight years and then, um, when my son was born, so he's um, called Finn, when he was about two weeks old, um, I sort of had this realization that um, my wife was going to stop working because she had to look after Finn and I wasn't really on enough money to sustain you know, her not working and me having to look after our family. Mm-hmm. So um, I made the very brave or bold move um, to leave leave my job. Um, and at that point, I didn't think I was going to start a business. I just mm-hmm. I just left because I needed to provide for my family. So I went and for the, in that first year, I did baby photography because I thought I'm going to be around babies. Um, I did wedding photography and I carried on doing sort of freelance design and, um, you know, the sort of sort of graphic design stuff. And I suppose I was waiting to see which one rose to the top and which one um, was successful. And um, very quickly, I realized I was quite good at the business side and quite enjoyed the business side. And, um, but don't get me wrong, you know, that first year was very stressful because you're, Mm -hmm. you're kind of in fight or flight mode because you know, you've got to provide, you're going home at night and I had a baby to look after and a, you know, and a wife, um, my wife Pam to support and, and work with and help. Um, but yeah, the, the, the business side started to work. And um, I think within a few months, um, it was getting so busy that I had to stop the wedding photography. I had to stop the baby photography. And I thought I'll go all in on, on one, which is a good advice for anyone rather than trying to do many things well is, is put your focus into one if you know something's there. So um, I, I was working and I sh- um, my friend gave me a space in his office because um, I had no money. Like I literally had my last wage in my last um, bank, which was about £1,000 or just over £1,000. So my son was quite young and not much money. So my friend gave me a space in his office and I took that for three months um, for free. He paid me that. Uh, he gave me that, sorry. Wow. And then I found a space in a much better place. With um, He moved with me. And um, by the end of the year, I had six full-time people in the room. And basically all I'd done, the, the first person, there was a better designer than me that was sitting across from me. And he, he, he wasn't enjoying the business side of it. He'd been doing it for maybe 10 years and was kind of fed up when people don't pay you or the, the mm. you know, some people are really creative and they don't enjoy the business side or vice versa. And I suppose I'm a little bit of a hybrid. Um, and so he he wasn't quite enjoying what he was doing. And I said, why don't you work for me? And he said, well, you know, I've got a family to provide for. I need at least maybe £30,000. And I thought, oh, God, I don't have £30,000. But I had the realisation you don't need £30,000. You only need the equivalent of one month, which was about £2,500. And the game in your head is to get past that first month, get past the next month and so on and so forth. And so I I followed that pattern. And um, by the end of the year, I had six full-time people in the team. Um, And then by the end of year two, 
we had 60, uh, sorry, 16 full-time people in the team. And then we've now grown over the last 10 years to over 60 people. Um, so yeah, we're now a kind of strategic brand agency. We've grown and matured to work for some of the biggest brands in the world. Um, and yeah, we help them sort of strategically align their brand objectives with their business objectives. And then that spits out all sorts of creative projects. And we fly all over the world producing films and content and um, yeah, doing all sorts yeah. of creative stuff. Wow. That's the kind of short version. <laughs> there was a lot of stress in amongst that and a lot of good yeah. times, a lot of bad times. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we'll dig through we'll, some we'll of them. We'll get into all of that, but that <laughs> was a wonderful story. I have a few questions though. So I wanted to know who came up with the name Made Brave? Was it you? Was it your wife? Like, how did that come into being? How did you Yeah, well, that? actually, we... Um, I had a friend that's a copywriter called Audrey and um, we we had gone away for a weekend because mm -hmm. we'd realized, um, as I say, when I started, I was just a freelancer. So I just, I didn't think I was going to create an actual business. No yeah. one in my family had ever run a business. I actually didn't know people that had run businesses. So I wasn't, I don't know, some people are really surrounded by that and I, I never was. So I had a lot of learning to do, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but we we went away for a weekend um, and it's very difficult coming up with your own name for a business because you've got to think about mm -hmm. trademarks, you've got to think about URLs, you've got to think, can I get YouTube? Can I get Instagram? Can I get, you know, and, you know, all the while you're still actually running a business or creating a business at the same time. So I thought um, Audrey said, well, I'll help you brainstorm when we're away. And, um, you know, we're trying lots of different names. And actually, coincidentally, I'm wearing a diesel T-shirt, if you know the brand name. And this one actually says it as well. So I was wearing a diesel t-shirt, not this one. This one is not 10 years old, but it's <laughs> like this one. It said diesel, only the brave. And that's what this t-shirt I have on today, um, coincidentally yeah. said. And my wife, she spotted it on the t-shirt and she said, what about brave? And I went, oh, brave's a good word. Yeah. And then I looked up brave and there was other companies called brave, et cetera. And I just lay in bed and I just started putting words together um you know so we are brave i am brave this is brave and then i went made brave and i woke up in the morning and i ran down to my friend audrey i said made brave and she said stop that's perfect she said that's yeah. beautiful she said it's like because you're making people brave Ooh. bravery is a real positive um thing and you know and i think a good good name when you start to think about if anyone listening is trying to create their business name you don't want a name that pigeonholes you into something forever. You know, I, I could have gone out as something that described graphic design, for example. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, but, you know, by using the word brave, it allows you to flex as your business grows. So if you imagine when my, my business was growing, I started off doing graphic design, but then we ended up doing web design and campaigns and film production and strategy. And all the while, that service offering is changing and your proposition can change, but bravery doesn't need to change because bravery lives through everything. And if you have a good theme within your name, you can then use that, um, you know, you can use that to tell stories about bravery. You can talk to your clients about, you know, how, how brave can we make you? Mm. And so always try and pick something that, that doesn't, you know, that's not attached to the actual service offering you do because I can now launch any business under the brand name Made Brave, uh, yeah. um, and it doesn't have it doesn't have a name involved in it as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and then quite luckily at the time as well, and I don't think anyone had ever put these two words together because when you Googled it at the time, there was no searches came up, no trademarks, yeah. nothing. Now, if you search Made Brave, you know people yeah. have put those words together a lot more. Um, um, so that. yeah yeah so it's quite quite an interesting journey and quite yeah. a, 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 a interesting thing to do when you have to create your own i love that and i wanted to ask you this so you said that you were nurtured into creativity by your mom and i wanted to ask like what was the very first thing if you can remember that sparked your interest in creating something because throughout your journey you said that you know it was either music or it was mm. either like design or art or something like that right so what was the first thing that sparked that moment of, ooh, I want to, uh, you know, I want to be an artist. I want to create something for the rest of my life. Or yeah. Even for the for the time being, right? Like what was the very first thing? If you can remember. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I was always just attracted to um, creativity and whatever form that takes. Um, I've got one of these brains that constantly needs 
feeding <laughs> in terms of learning and figuring things out and figuring out why things do things. And um, I've just, I don't know, I, the, the older I've got, um, I've realized that we all have a kind of superpower. We all have a kryptonite is the way I describe it. And, and mm. we're, we're often taught to not talk about our weaknesses, but I actually think it's a strength to talk about your weaknesses. Um, and, you, you know, I, I think when you sometimes talk to younger people and they're trying to figure out what they're doing, I was talking to my niece last night and she's all worried about um, what she's going to do after school. And I think it's okay to know, like, for me, I know I'm not very organized. I'm not very structured, but in a sense, that allows me to have the superpower of creativity because creativity is a little mm. bit chaotic. You know, yeah. um, you don't, you don't get great creativity by going through a certain process every time. Sometimes yeah. it's marrying up ideas or things yeah. that shouldn't work together like made and brave, right? They've never existed together, but when yeah. you plant them together, suddenly you've, you've created something yeah. that's unique. So um, I, I think from an early age, I knew I was that, but I didn't know, I knew I struggled in certain classes, like, you know, I was okay at maths, but okay, <laughs> or English or any of these things. But I think if you were told at an earlier age, it's okay to not be okay at things mm-hmm. and to really go throw yourself into the, the things you are good at, yeah. um, then that's good. So I always try to encourage people, even when they're interviewing for our company, I say, what, what are you not good at? And it's not, I don't, I don't mean as a trick question, like, yeah. um, you know, like to, to, to make people fall. I actually think it's quite a good thing to know as a person um, what, where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, because that's that's why we need teams because, you know, you need someone that's structured and organized. You need someone that's creative. You need someone that's empathetic, you know, you, and yeah, you, you yeah. need a mixture of people together. So Yeah. Oh, I love that a lot. And, you know, I just wanted to say something resonated very deeply with me about what you were saying, right? Like you were talking about how your niece is still figuring out, like she's worried, what is she going to do after school? And I am just going to say this, right? Like you are going to shift throughout your life. I wanted to become a doctor. I couldn't Mm -hmm. get a seat here in India because it's extremely competitive. (laughs) Like it's way too competitive (laughs) to even think about (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I couldn't get a seat. So I was like, okay, what next? I was like, let me get into hotel management. Like I did have an option to get into psychology, but my dad was like, no, no, no. You will end up going crazy (laughs) if you go go into psychology. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's do hotel management. That happened. And then COVID happened and all of this stuff happened. And, you know, it was difficult for the hotel industry as well at that point of time. And then now... I was working as a content creator. I was a copywriter for two, three companies and agencies, actually more than that. And then here I am right now coaching people, doing podcasts and stuff like that. So you were speaking earlier about not pigeonholing you into yourself into a small thing, right? Like yeah. that is so true because you are going to shift throughout your life. And I always held this guilt with me that, oh, I never stick to one thing. I keep shifting. I keep shifting. I keep shifting. But I realized what's so bad in that right i have yeah, learned from, good yeah i have learned from everything that i have done so far mm-hmm. and i can utilize all those things and coach better right and yeah. i know that i'm never going to stick to working with burnout like i'm always interested in learning more things so i could mm-hmm. in the future get into master coaching which is like encompassing every single aspect of coaching and i would love to do that so just letting you guys know right like it's not a bad thing if you started out learning something in your college, getting a completely different degree and deciding that I might want to be a creative, go out there and do that. Like it's not something bad. It's not something negative to do something yeah. that, you know, you probably didn't learn in college or you probably yeah. didn't, you know, pay for in college. And now you're doing something completely different. That's completely all right. I mean, how long are we going to like not focus on our happiness and just do things because that's how we are supposed to progress, right? Like, so if I did hotel management, I should always be stuck in hotels. I don't think that's me. I, I never stick to something for too long. And I feel like that is a strength right now. And also you spoke about vulnerability and talking about your weaknesses. And that is so crucial. I feel like vulnerability is strength because you show up despite of your yeah. flaws and ask people that, hey, I need help. Are you mm-hmm. willing to help me? Right. Even in the hiring process, like you said, if you show up, if you tell people that, hey, I'm not good at this, you will be put mm-hmm. in a team with people who are good at it and you can always exactly. learn from them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, to your point as well, is that 
you know, things that you've done in the past part of your life might turn up as a real strength that add to something you do later on. So if you did do psychology and then you end up being a content creator and creative, or you end up being a designer, imagine a designer that understands psychology. They're much stronger, the designer than a designer that just, that just studied design yeah. because they're thinking about human behavior and marrying that up with what they're learning. So yeah, I, I think don't be afraid to move around until you find the right combination of things. Cause it's usually not one thing. It's a combination of different mm-hmm. skills that you've learned in different places. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for this uh, tidbit. I feel like this part of the yeah. podcast is really, really strong and a lot of people will take a lot of things away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my next question to you is this, Andrew. So in Made Brave, you said that you're a strategic branding company, right? Mm-hmm. What is what is the thing that you do right now as an entrepreneur in your company? And yeah. then we will head on to what your company Made Brave does but I wanted to know where you are in the process as an entrepreneur. In, in terms of my role or? Yeah, your role. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, I, I'll maybe start with like saying how it's evolved because that might help sure. people as well that might be on the journey of um, I love starting or running a business as well. I think when, when you start a business and when I was right at the beginning, obviously, you know, I had no money and, you know, and you just you had to do a little bit of everything. So you're out leading the business and you're, you're trying to create awareness um, for your brand. But at that point, I was also doing graphic design for clients so you're meeting clients you're doing the work you're then having to speak to accountants and lawyers and figure mm-hmm. out marketing and operations and all of these things yeah. um and someone said to me at the very beginning of my journey um which was great that they put this in my head they said um as the entrepreneur as the the owner the leader of of a business you you should have an empty desk and i always say this sounds very egotistical but i don't mean it in that way mm-hmm. um and what they were trying to tell me is that eventually you know if you if you're bogged down with a task all the time every day you don't actually have a business because you know it then relies solely on use which means it's going to be very difficult to take time off holidays you know or if you ever wanted to sell that business you're stuck because you're doing a portion so over the last 10 years so my business is 10 years this this year I, I I started to use think about that in my head and think, how do I take every little job that I'm doing and eventually have someone that is much better at it around me to do that? So eventually, 10 years on, there shouldn't be anything for me to do. Uh, although there often is. Um, but like when something lands on my desk, there should be someone much better that I can hand that task off to. And that's not to say I'm lazy. It's not to say that I don't want to do these things, but that means that I have the clarity to be able to go. I can think about the direction of the business because you've got big responsibility. And, and, and the more you grow a business, you realize that, that I've got, you know, over 60 families that I'm helping provide for. And I've got to make sure we've got a safe and secure business that money's in the bank and everything's getting paid. So, you know, if you look back at me in those first couple of years, I'd be way busier. I'd be out all the time, um, you know, doing talks, um, doing jobs, you know, working all the hours of the day. And I, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not encouraging that for anyone. I, I really believe and especially on a burnout podcast that, you yeah. know, you need to find the right balance, but at some points in your business, there's, there's some time just where you have to, if you, if you, you know, if you're creating something out of nothing, you've got to put some effort in. it's not, it, yeah. it doesn't appear from nowhere. So those first couple of years, I worked very, very hard long hours um, to make that happen but then as and when I could I would hire someone so I then found an operations director and Stephen um, who's my chief operating officer he's like the yin to my yang so he is like if you imagine um, he's really good at operations finance he'll like open a spreadsheet and he can just start creating a spreadsheet. Whereas my brain goes, Oh God, how do you, what, how are you even doing that? <laughs> yeah. But then I can create like the creative part. I can create the marketing, the vision, the brand. And Stephen possibly can't do that quite the same as I can. So mm-hmm. I think very early on, again, to their strengths and weaknesses, I started to think, well, okay, I, I now understand I'm not good at those parts. I need those parts. So I started to hire those kind of roles, the operationals, the finance roles, the office management. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would do that. And my job early on was to help turn us in from, you know, I, I think a big, big difference with Made Brave is we, we always focused on our own brand. A lot of creative companies um, the, 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 and quite rightly so, they say the work should speak for itself. But I've always said, yeah, 
with Made Brave, the work is going to speak for itself. We're going to make that great, but we're going to grow an awesome brand on top of that um, to yeah. make people attracted to us for a different reason. Because in the, the UK alone, there's 22,000 creative agencies, right? And yeah. they're all doing great work and we all should be doing great work. So when you create a business, the brand layer on top, we need to we need to create something that helps us differentiate in that market. And so, so we invested a lot of time in that. And I, I'm kind of, and yeah. circling around your que- your answer, no, no, your no, question, no, but I'm ahead, getting there. Ahead. You're doing great, yeah. Um, so, you know, so as we've grown and matured, I've grown out all those different roles. So I've been, I've started doing less and less of the operational stuff, the finance stuff, and people report that to me, but I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of my early days was growing the brand, growing the awareness for the company. And so as we got bigger and bigger and bigger, I've put more and more people in place. And so I now have a brand manager and a brand management team. So they'll do more of that heavy lifting of the brand marketing for our own company. I've got a finance team, I've got an operations team, I've got production teams, and then you've creative teams, et cetera. And then this year is the first step, the first time ever in the 10 years that I've put a managing director in place. And people might think on their head, well, but you don't run the company. Surely you're the managing director. But as the company's getting bigger, I've realized, well, I've never run a business as big as this. I could do with some expertise of someone that's come in who has been involved in a bigger business. So um, Paul Kirkley has come in as our managing director. And he's much calmer than me. And, uh, (laughs) you know, he's, you know, he's run big, big teams. And so I've gone to a place where I've put Paul in place as managing director. So now... My job as um, CEO is to lead the direction of the business. So to make sure I've got free space to to do this kind of stuff, to create awareness. This is creating awareness for Made Brave. Um, uh, to go out to public talking, to you know meet people, to think about the next technologies or the future trends. But then I've got Paul, who manages and directs, who looks after the day-to-day. So I don't need to be quite involved as much mm-hmm. if there's any drama happening or problems quite as much. Of course, some of it comes back to me, but more and more so my day um, should be freed up so that they're now I've got an MD who's there. I've got all these different parts in place. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, and, and I think it's important to talk through that journey because you sometimes see that title CEO and and it doesn't, you know, yeah. it's not something you're often taught about, is it? So you're kind of like, what, what does that, what does a CEO do? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, I have to kind of make sure the values of the business are upheld, that, that our purpose, that um, I suppose ultimately that we're doing what we, we should be doing for our customers. But, you know, you need that, you need those kind of layers of responsibility there. Um, and yeah, um, hopefully that answers somewhere yeah. in there the question. Yeah, it does. And I love that, you know, because I was going to ask you earlier and later on in this podcast, how important delegation is for a CEO, Mm. for someone who's created a company. And you kind of answered that. And I appreciate you answering that question because of the fact that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're beginning out in their journey, there's a lot of, I'm a one man army. Right. So Mm -hmm. I will be the one who will do it all. I am scared to delegate. What if this person can't do it the way I want to do it? Mm -hmm. And eventually you realize that that's way too much pressure to hold on to yourself. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I was saying that that can add up so much pressure on yourself that you have to do it all alone. And there's also this notion that if you do end up bringing someone along, like you said, you might not be good at something, but they might be amazing at that thing. And they could do so much more than what you thought you could do with all the time restraints, all the, oh my God, I have to think what to do about yeah. marketing and where to take my company. And I feel like that is so important to just know that delegation is not evil. It doesn't mean that you are a bad person, that you're delegating your tasks. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure as an entrepreneur because you're not able to do it all. It just shows that you are ready to take it to the next level. Yeah, it's, and, it's one of the most important things. I think that I often see a lot of, a lot of, I get a lot of creative entrepreneurs asking me, how did I do this and can I help them? And mm-hmm. when I look often inside those businesses, ones that struggle, it's, it's the ones that, that they want to hold on to everything. I think, you know, I think I get it because I'm a creative person and you, you know, you want to do your best effort on everything. But um, again, with, my, with me very early on, I stopped doing any of the creative jobs. And I don't mean overall in terms of the business, but I just mean, in terms of working with the client work. Um, and I think a lot of creatives 
they want to do the client work and they want to run the company. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel personally, I've got enough headspace to be able to do that because you've got to yeah. do the client work. We've got to put so much effort in. And if you're trying to do that while running a balance sheet and profit and loss and all these things, very, very difficult. So yeah, yeah I think pass responsibility to people. They will mess up. We all mess up. I mess up. Um, you know, we, we kind of say to our team, ask for forgiveness, not permission. So we would, yeah. we would much rather like people that. say, look, I got something wrong. Um, and we're like, oh, it's okay. I get stuff wrong all the time. So how do we, how do we fix it? How do we avoid it happening again in the future? Mm-hmm. Rather than coming to ask for, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I, you know, no one has enough space in their day or time to do that. So yeah, I'm a big believer yeah. of giving people autonomy. You get much more out of them. They feel more fulfilled. Um, you know, I have a creative director or I now have four creative directors and they get, they get ownership of clients and teams. And I take nothing to do with how they run those. It's, that's up to them to do it to their best ability um, and and yeah that's much more fulfilling i believe um anyway for them um, and you know doing that allows you to grow a bigger company because you then have people making decisions and, and you just need to set direction i think that's what's important and that's often the job of ceo or md is that you have to set a direction of travel and be very clear mm-hmm. about what the company is trying to achieve um, you know, at Made Brave, we use the OKR system, which is objectives and key results, which is, I think, came from Google originally, where you say, you know, mm-hmm. so we've got kind of three big goals as a business, um, one of them to be globally renowned for creativity. So that that puts everyone in the mindset of we're not just looking for clients and work in Scotland. We're thinking about, you know, people in Delhi, people who are, you know, wherever, all over the world. And we're thinking of the best talent, the best clients, wherever. Um, we say we want to be the best place in the world to work for. So again, that allows people to go, well, if this was the best place, what decision would I make if I'm making a decision now? Mm-hmm. And then we want to be financially secure um, and a growing business. So, um, you know, so money is no longer a bad thing to talk about and people know that we have ambition. And then from those three goals, we break those down into team level goals and then into individual level goals. So everyone's feeding up towards these three things, which means yeah. they have the autonomy. So if they get something wrong, you say, well, what were you trying to do? And they say, well, I was trying to meet that goal. All right. Okay. Well, I see why you were doing that. Maybe this is where you went wrong and you can, you know, you can change track along the way. But, um, yeah, very, very, very important to give, to, to delegate or to learn to do so. Yeah. I love that as a burnout coach, like that is something that the way that you're running your business is so amazing because it genuinely allows people that freedom to go and do the things, right? Like I love that line, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. That is so amazing because I have worked in agencies where forgiveness was the last thing you would ever get when you make a mistake. And it was messed up. Like it was so toxic. The companies that I have worked for, I was just like, you know what? I think it's time I start my own company and do the things that I want to do in a proper way where I'm not like blaming anyone else, but myself for how the business is going. And again, it's not blaming, but it's like, I have a better idea as to how to work around things (laughs) and learn from my mistakes. So yeah. Ooh, I love that. Now yeah. I want to ask you, what is something that Made Brave does? Like, what is an ideal client project that you do at Made Brave, and what is the end result that you usually look for uh, when creating or working on a project? Yeah, well, um, again, it's changed over time, but now, now where we are, are as a business is we we tend to work with large sort of um, companies that are sort of in the hundreds of millions or billions turnover. Um, yeah. they're a good fit for us in terms of their size and scale and usually they have a large marketing function um, we often go in um, as I mentioned previously to kind of help them you know they've, they've generally got business problems or business opportunities um, and mm-hmm. they don't know how to achieve that using creativity or using marketing so we figure out it might be that they have a problem that people are leaving the business. It might be that they've just acquired another business or they've been acquired. Um, and, you know, if you imagine if you've just been acquired, often you, your company's name has changed, all your values are changed, your purpose has changed. And that's actually, it's not not per se like a, a creative identity problem, although that's part of it. But often it's about 
where you need to galvanize a group of people, a tribe of people, and you need to make them feel like they belong in something new. So, so we, we have a big strategic brand team that go on, go in and are very good at helping with those kind of complex stakeholder um, management. So you've got people at all sort of levels of a business and you need to get them to align to one new common goal. So we're now a new business. We now we're now heading here. We're doing this. Um, we want yeah. to understand why you're all here, why you joined this business. We want to co-create values. We want to make your, the, the ultimate goal is of a branding agency is to try and make everyone feel part of the same thing. And then, of course, yeah. once you've figured that out, you've figured out who we are, what our purpose is, the vision, where we're heading, what our mission is, our values. Um, we need a proposition for business. We need to understand how we're going to talk to customers. And we have a sort of um, uh, theory at Made Brave that, you know, you're better to sort of create branding from the inside out. So rather than going out and creating a campaign and pushing a message out to people and trying to manipulate, we try and galvanize mm -hmm. the team within, get them really energized about the company they work for and what the mission they're on. And then if they can all spread a message, well, then you get a thousand people or 10,000 people, however many yeah. people are in the business, all spreading a message. So for us as a business, mm -hmm. we kind of go in at that level. And then that spits mm -hmm. out lots of creative projects. It'll create brand films and campaigns and digital campaigns and, you know, you see, and, you know, brand activations and you'll bring these things to life in many different ways. So generally most of the customers, um, they don't just come in for one project. We'll come in for a few years and work through yeah. that sort of process with them. And so, so now we'll, we'll have maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 major big brands rather than lots of micro brands. And again, I think anyone listening is starting an agency, when you first of all start, and I was the same, you think, oh, I'm a graphic designer, I'm looking for little projects. But, you know, I suppose if you want a successful business, the, the kind of the bigger fees, the more successful relationships and partnerships are when you're talking at a business level and you're helping people solve business problems or opportunities. They will spit out 100 projects rather than trying to find a project and then find the next one and the next one. You're kind of in that, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and then the, the sort of smaller projects now you're competing against people in their bedroom, freelancers, tiny micro agencies now. So the, the kind of, we we go after the more upstream work or consultative work that um yeah, that, that, that 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 kind of described there yeah i love that a lot and you know like the, this image just flashed in my head when you were speaking about how you galvanize the teams you work from within and um this thing that you know like how in office they show kind of like the behind the scenes like the daily life of <laughs> the people inside the company and what they do and how they do it and it kind of creates that sense of oh we know them Yes. We know these people, right? And just that knowing that recognition resonates with so many people that people automatically go and get from buy stuff, products or services from these people because, oh, we know this person. We know how they work. Mm -hmm. We resonate with what they do. And it's, it's so crazy, that form of connection. So I love the work that you do. And I wanted to ask you this. Why is it important for you and Made Brave to do the work that you're doing right now? Um, well, I think <laughs> puts a roof over my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we're just passionate about helping people become the sort of bravest version of their, their, their self or kind of, I think a lot of, a lot of companies come to us and they think, oh, we're not creative. And, you know, and I think I've always believed there's creativity in everyone, each and every one of us, it's just mm -hmm. dialed in at a different volume. Um, so some people it's in at number one and some people it's up at 11. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I suppose what gets us out of bed is, is going in and inspiring businesses that they are creative and that, 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 that they have that within them. And, you know, we just help them turn it up a notch for, than they were maybe comfortable with and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important to try and find purpose in your in, in your work um i think if you only chase money um it gets boring quite quickly um for for everyone in, that's involved um but of course it's important you know we we, we do need it yeah. to pay wages <laughs> and to pay for microphones and everything else we have that, that we're using <laughs> at the moment as well but yeah um yeah i think we've, we've always just really enjoyed sort of i've always said to my team don't go into a boardroom, don't go onto social media and don't try and sell to people. So if you look at Made Brave's social media, you very 
you know, I don't think you'll probably ever see us selling something on our channels. And mm-hmm. um, we use them to inspire people. And, you know, I think I always believe as well as whatever you learn, like on this podcast today, I'll tell you anything I've learned, you know, anything I'll give you away, everything, because I believe if you do that, it will come back to you tenfold. Um, and I think on on this journey of life as well, I think is important as we're doing here today as well is to pass the knowledge down the way to, to people that are starting yeah. their journey. Because I remember starting and I was always keen for learning and there wasn't that much around. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, um, so so that, that kind of gets me out of my bed and it also ties into part of my day-to-day, which is doing a lot of this, is, is talking and sharing. Um, and yeah, the great thing about doing this though is it, it turns into work because you know, someone will listen and say, oh, we've got that challenge or maybe, you know, and so um, yeah. don't, don't be afraid to give away what you know is, is one thing I've learned. I love that. Speaking about knowledge, I wanted to ask you, you said that the first two, three years of your business, you know, you went all in, there was a lot of stresses, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Can you share a few um, obstacles that you faced in your journey and what did you do to overcome them? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's important to to talk about these things because I think you can look at an Instagram feed, especially made brave. It looks really bright and vibrant and full of energy the whole time, and you think, oh, they've got it easy, and I've got it difficult. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm always a big one to tell everyone it's it's not been easy. You know, I think mm-hmm. running a business, being an entrepreneur, you, you have to have resilience. Um, but resilience doesn't mean just keep going and not looking after yourself. And I think you'll be a huge advocate of this. I think you, you have to try and find time for yourself, for your own mental um, well-being as well. Um, you know, in those early days, I probably did too long hours, you know, and, but, you know, it's, it's hard because in the beginning, you kind of had to because, you know, you didn't have the resources or the finances, et cetera. Um, but I did a few things that might be helpful to some anyone listening that's starting is that, um, you know, I, I never worked weekends and I always just put a hard stop on a Friday close and started again on a Monday. And that's because I had a young family and I didn't want to look back and go, I missed that whole period. So I feel good now, you know, 10 years in that I don't feel like I've missed out on Finn growing up. I was always with him for the weekend. A few years into my journey as well, I stopped reading emails after six o'clock at night. And this is a really good hack for anyone because you know, often when you run a business um, or you've just got a high pressure job, right? And, you know, you lie in your bed at night and you check your email just before you go to bed. And for me, one of the most stressful things when you run a business, someone's handed their notice in, right? <laughs> they say, right, I'm leaving, I'm going to elsewhere. And, you know, of course, people do that all the time because that's how the marketplace works. Mm-hmm. But if you read that at 10 o'clock at night, just as you were about to go to sleep, what does your brain do? Your brain goes into oh my God, how am I going to solve that problem? They're on this project. What's that client going to think? What's that going to impact to them and them? And And you don't go to sleep. You toss and turn. You think and worry about that all night. And if you'd learned that information at nine o'clock the next morning, you could jump in the car, you could go straight into work and you could deal with it because you could jump into meetings and you could do so. Try and your very best to not read emails after six o'clock because you generally can't do anything about them except worry. And that cascades yeah. to your partner, your wife, whoever that may be, then to your family, your young family, whatever that is. And it goes through everyone. And the next morning you're yeah. tired as well because you've been you've not slept. So yeah. I've I've slept up over the years. I have checked sometimes at night, but I try my very hardest to 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 not do that. And so I think there's there's always barriers, there's always things that happen along the way. Um and you know, I, I think you just got to try try, you know, and I suppose this is why brand values are important. Um is that, you know, when you create brand values, these are sort of guiding principles for your business. So you're always going to come across hard things that happen. Um, but if you can create some values quite early on in your business and understand what you believe in, what your team believe in, use those to, to make decisions. And then, you know, well, okay, along that journey, some people are not going to be happy with my decisions. Some people, you know, that that's the hard thing I get with business as well. I think I was, I've always been one of these people that Wherever I go, I've been friends with everyone from my childhood and I didn't like to create enemies. But in business, right, you make decisions and sometimes it doesn't fall in favor of someone else. But I think if you're true to values and sort of, um, you know, sort of stick by good moral codes and values, then you can kind of look back and feel okay by decisions you've made um, along that journey. So, yeah. 
I love that. I especially love the email thing because you know that's the thing. If you end up checking your mails at night, you are already tired. You try to come up with solutions from a tired uh-huh. brain, and all you end up doing is tiring yourself out further. And it doesn't make sense, right? Like I love that thing a lot because I used to check my mails. I used to check my messages late into the night, like at one o'clock or two o'clock sometimes, because again, I was working for an ad agency where there were no boundaries whatsoever. So I had to work late into the night and get up in the next morning and work again. And mm-hmm. it was chaotic as hell, hell, but that's the thing, you know, I feel like now running my own business, I know these are the things that I don't want to do, right? Like I don't want to, I usually work into the night and I don't check my mails in the morning because I know that I'm exhausted. I know that I've just gotten up and I have my routine to follow. I have to spend time with my family. I do all of this stuff. I'm like the reverse version of it. Like people work in the day, rest at night. I work at night yeah. and I rest during the day and have fun and learn as much as possible. Speaking of what is your, you know, like, do you have any spiritual routines or self-care routines in your daily life that helps you balance your work and life? Um, yeah, I just, I just try as I say, I just try and make 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 sure I stop working. Um, so my whole mm-hmm. life's not work is <laughs> is <as, as> one <laughs> yeah. thing. And you know, I think more and more so now. Um, I, when I was much younger, I used to be really into fitness. I did mixed martial arts, um, uh, MMA for a while, and then when the business took over a while, and then it was just all business. And so very much now, I'm trying to balance and um, making yeah. sure I have you know kind of look after my body as well. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think it just all ties together all the things we've saying is like delegating um, making sure you've got space in your day, making sure you look after your body. Um, but you know, I, I'm here for tips as well. I'm, I'm, I'm here to improve and help help improve. I mean, the, I think we've yeah. all just come through a pandemic as well. And our days and lives have all been probably chaotic in, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I found the pandemic particularly hard running a business and, you know, from a burnout perspective, um, you know, some days really didn't want to get out of my bed because it was just challenge mm-hmm. after challenge after challenge. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, anyone listening from my perspective, what I've learned is, is the combination of all those things of, you know, try and find some sort of routine that gives you some time for, you know, um, doing exercise, um, you know, find time to have fun, try, you know, and if you can make your work as fun as possible, and that's why we've made brave. We, we always try and have as much fun as possible. I always say to my team, like, you know, it, it pains me when I hear you saying, you know, worked in an agency and you were up all night and I never want my team to do that. And sometimes when I hear of it happening, it's really hard to hear because I think, oh, how did that happen? You know, it's in our control to make it not happen. But I suppose it's down to leadership to 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 make sure that um, everyone knows it's not what expected, you know, and I, I never want people to be expected to do that within my company. I, you know, I, I much want us to figure out how do we close at six o'clock, half five and make sure we close then and people aren't yeah. stressed. Um, but it's, it's not always easy because in business, there's so many variables. There's, you know, there's the client's hopes, wants, needs, desires, your team's hopes, wants, needs, desires, your own mm-hmm. hope, wants, needs and desires. And, you know, you're trying to get all those things working in harmony. So, um, yeah, yeah. Any tips for daily routines? I'm, I'm all, I'm all ears. Uh, I'm not one of these guys that's going to tell you I get up at five in the morning and you know I have a routine that's yeah. perfect. I, I don't think any human has it perfect. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, but you know, I love this about you. You're ready to learn, right? Like a lot of people are not. A lot of people are very rigid in the way that they run their business, and. It sucks because I was recently a part of a platform where someone was like, when we hire, we see if they are always available on WhatsApp, right? Like if they are currently online on WhatsApp, because that shows that every time we text, the person responds. And I was like, that is way too messed up of a criteria to have because you are, you know, employees are not supposed to be at your beck and call, right? Like, and this idea has grown during the work from home Mm -hmm. period where, you know, there are no boundaries. You're working from the leisureness of your home, your Mm -hmm. luxury of your home. So you are supposed to be available throughout the day. And I'm like, that is not how it works. No, I I think it's like, it's very archaic to think that people can work for eight hours straight. Like I can't work for eight hours straight. Like, you know, 
you, you need to drift off onto Facebook or you need to drift off onto here to give your brain space to sort of reevaluate and think yeah. and do things. You need to go out for a walk. You need, you know, and part of work as well is socializing and meeting humans mm. and building relationships and building trust. And yeah, I, I don't get it when you see these companies that yeah. I want eight hours and I want to sweat that out of someone. I think oh, yeah. a very archaic way of thinking. And, you know, we, we've gone fully into flexibility at Made Brave since, you know, obviously we we're forced yeah. into it in the pandemic, but we, I think we'd always started to head that direction in terms of our studios, our office being a destination for our brand, not a mandatory place. Mm. Um, so yeah. our, our teams are now working everywhere and anywhere, but we've kept and we've just opened a new office, a bigger office in London, um, because we believe mm-hmm. you still need, <laughs> um, <laughs> you still need human connection. You know, you still need yeah. those, those, those elements. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's, it's not easy to figure out the remote working as well because if you imagine as human beings this is the first point in our lives and all existence of humanity that you've had to talk to people through screens right humans yeah. are humans were used to being together to figure things out as a t- team a tribe like like what we're going to do mm-hmm. how we're going to do it right go off and do it but now we don't get together for those moments and we're encouraging people to do it on a flat two-dimensional yeah. screen so it's yeah. bound to be difficult. So this is why I think you need those physical, you need those physical spaces because you need to keep bringing yeah. people back together. Um, so what yeah. we're doing just now is we're bringing people back on a quarterly basis um, to have those moments of what we're doing. You know, where are we mm-hmm. going? What's stopping us from getting there? How do we get there? Type idea, and then we've said to people, we're not going to mandate you coming into an office. But we're going to keep the offices open. But we would encourage if you're coming in, coming in on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, because if you're if it's Tuesday and Wednesday, well then there's going to be more people there. You're going to get to socialize. You're going to get to see. But you don't have to. Um, now whether that is right, I do not know. So I'll come no, on again in a I year and I'll tell you if I've figured it out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I I will check in on you in a year to see how that's going. But I feel like that is definitely a great um, way to just bring back people, right? Because I completely agree with that. And I feel like this is why I am also a big believer of company retreats, right? Like just going off with your team and having a vacation together. Because I feel like that pulls people outside of, you know, like we are supposed to behave in this way only with this person because they are our co-workers or they are our employees and we can't do this and we can't do that. But in company retreats, you have the freedom to actually connect to them on a human to human basis. And I love that you have this, you know, like if you're coming, come on a Tuesday and Wednesday because there are going to be more people around. I love that a lot. And I especially love the fact that you are aware that, you know, eight hours constant working, not something that is possible for any human no, being, especially right now. People are pretending. If they're, if they're doing it, they're pretending they're doing it. You, you yeah. just, oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. This is the age of distraction because I feel like that's why I tend to do these 90 minute sprints. And I suggest this to all people, you know, like every client I've worked with, I'm like, do 90 minute sprints, go out for a walk, mm-hmm. read something, watch your favorite anime, do something crazy that allows your brain yeah. to be like, okay, enough of work. Yeah. Let's reset. Let's reboot because that helps your brain to relax. And this is something right? like if you keep working constantly, your brain is just getting exhausted yeah. and what would probably take you two or three minutes or max to max 15 minutes to finish you are taking an hour or two to complete yeah exactly. because you're working from an exhausted brain you know you're trying to be like come on check out solutions <laughs> check out solutions and your brain's like no i just want to sleep man like what the hell exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome. yeah so i wanted to ask you this what is or what has been your soul's conquest and what is your current soul's conquest and what, what do you mean by that do you mean like what my my purpose on planet is or more like okay so i like to think of the soul's conquest as something that's constantly evolving it is like if you are playing a video game you have this um side quests in life mm-hmm. that helps you in the main quest like so you know you go out there get potions get weapons find people do stuff that will eventually help you in the main quest of the game. So Souls Conquest is something like, you know, these side yeah, quests sure, okay, yeah. where yeah. you, yeah, where you go for a potion or yeah. for connection or something like that. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's, it's similar to what we've kind of co-created as the, you know, the sort of purpose of Made Brave, inspiring creativity in people. I really, I do get my sort of energy off 
I love it when, you know, I, I got a message yesterday, I think, and it was someone saying that they saw me do a talk at their university seven years ago and it sent them on a path wow. via creativity to do X, Y, and Z. And now they have a job doing this and they, they sent me an email to say, thank you so much, you know? Um, wow. And that for me, that feels almost like my, you know, my, my, my soul's quest, as you put it, that yeah. um, I, I get, I get good energy from knowing that you can make someone realize that they can do something better, braver, bolder than they thought they could do. Because I think a lot of people just don't think they can achieve what they can achieve. And I, I like to think I can look at people and go, but I can see it in you. <laughs> You've got it right yeah. there. And you're just, you know, you just need to turn the volume up by one or, you know, you just need to put your head up a tiny little bit and you can be way more mm -hmm. successful. Um, and that's, I know that's a different term to everyone, but yeah, I think I do enjoy inspiring change in people. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I was with my, um, one of my friends the other day who, you know, he was, he was teaching drums for years and kind of feeling like he wasn't getting anywhere um, teaching drums. And I said, what, what about recording stock music? Because, you know, when agencies like mine, when we need music, there's what's, yeah. what's stock music. Now he's a really successful stock musician, right? Oh, Makes yeah. great money, really good career doing, doing that. And it just took that one moment of being able to say, what about this? You know, there's something you've not thought about. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, th I think I enjoy that, whether that's my, my, my quest, <laughs> I don't know, but that's, uh, that's where I, I feel like I get fulfillment from that. I love that. I feel like that's something that's very common in you and me is seeing people at their higher potential, right? Like mm. we see them at their highest potential uh -huh. at what they can be. And then we guide them towards that. And that is so, so amazing. Yeah. I get excited by <laughs> that and I'm not going to go into it because then I won't stop talking. <laughs> but we are here about you. And I wanted to ask you, what is something that has recently happened in your life that has created a lot of impact for you? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the pandemic's been the biggest change mm -hmm. for, for, you know, and I think probably most people would answer with that, but I think it has, I think it's, um, times like that, I think pre pandemic, um, you know, and going into that and seeing the, the change that has on you it starts to, it starts to make you think, you know, what, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? How do you, you know, how do you run your company? How do you act and behave mm. yourself? And so I think, yeah, I, I, without going deeply into all of that, I think it's, it's been a big changer in me, mm. but all of us, I'm sure as well, um, in terms of just looking inwardly at yourself and starting to think, you know, you've got limited time on this planet. What, what do you want to spend that time doing and how do you want to create the sort of the best or uh, most positive impact that you can? while you're here oh, i love that i love that a lot um i want to ask you this one last question which is what would you like to leave our listeners with um i think you know i think hopefully um hopefully i've, I've inspired some creativity um with people and hopefully i've inspired that you can you can do more than you think you can you're capable of a lot if you don't think you are um you, you definitely you definitely are um and yeah i think if if you're if you're starting out on an entrepreneurial journey and you're a creative person, or um, I think it can be uh, where I fell down a little bit is that when you're creative, you want to do a little bit of everything. So you're kind of someone called me a magpie once, <laughs> is that you see shiny things and you chase after shiny things. And I think yeah. what I've learned over ten years of having known nothing about business to running a business for ten years is that you need to try your very best to focus on one thing so if you're running a business mm -hmm. try and focus on making that that one business don't don't go and chase that you want to have five businesses running because that's very different or very difficult to try and create five tribes five missions five purpose five you know five successful things yeah. try and really focus on on one thing and put all of your effort and energy into it um, and like i said earlier give everything away that you learn so everything that you understand and everything you learn, pass it down because it will come back and buckets loads towards you. I love that. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining this, for sharing all these amazing tidbits. I feel like I definitely learned a lot from you. And I'm sure that there are a lot of other people who must have learned or if not learned, at least been reminded that there is this way of doing something when it comes to their business and when it comes to living their life. So thank you so much for yeah. all that you shared. Um, deeply appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
amazing. Thank you so much for staying till the end, you guys. Let me know if you had the urge to pee after listening to today's word of the day. Let me know if you're hydrated enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or am I? Anyways, let me know if you had an amazing takeaway from today's episode. If you did, please take a screenshot of this podcast episode and write your takeaway. Tag me at Madhurima, that is M-A-D-H-U-R-I-M-A underscore Freedom Soul Coach. Tag me on Instagram. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm extremely excited for you to listen to our next episode. Ooh, before I go, if you would like to support this podcast, please head over to the link in the description of the podcast. There will be a way for you to support us on Patreon or just share this episode. That goes a really, really long way. Share this episode with people that you think would genuinely learn a lot from it. And I'll see you in the next one. That's it. Bye.